The challenge on CBS, take two. This time around, no dating shows allowed. Damn near no Amazing Race allowed in their place. It was an all-out battle. Big Brother, Survivor, MTV vets vying to take home the title of USA 2 champ and the properly explained this time around $250,000 each that came with that title. Iconic seasons were played. Redemption was had. Devin wasn't there, but his age-old adage of Big Brother sucks definitely stood the test of time. Josh got a Emotional. Michelle overpromised. Michaela avoided list making. TJ brought a hopper. Eliminations got wacky. Dailies got fair. Amanda played villain. Tori had a showmance. The whole house maybe actually had a tiny bit of fun that we actually got to see happen on our television screens. And in the end, a mostly well produced final was ran and new champions were crowned. That's a lot to talk about, but recap it all one last time. We must. It's the challenge. USA 2 full season recap and awards coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to the challenge historian where we dive deep into all things mtvs or sometimes cbs's or sometimes paramount pluses the challenge past present or future if it's happening in the challenge universe we are here to document it i am your host and dedicated challenge historian jacob hollaball thank you so very very much for being here with me on this tuesday during this wild and crazy time in the reality television competition landscape during the wild and crazy challenge landscape from one season Season on CBS to the new one on MTV. It's a big, exciting week here in the world of the challenge and here on Challenge Historian because they match with times of excitement in the world of the challenge. So we're here one last time before we watch what is in all actuality, episode two of season 39 tomorrow night. Really, episode one, but episode two, you know what I mean. Anyways, more on that in one moment. We are here, of course, USA 2. It concluded last week. We saw Chris, we saw Desi get their wins cemented in challenge lore forever. But now we are back one final time to discuss the entire season all the way through episodes 1 to 14. Anything that's happened outside of it, the whole thing is up for grabs. We're going to digest it. We're going to dissect it. We're going to nominate and award some trophies one final time, and then this season will be in the books, in the history books forever, or until I open it back up and do a rewatch or decide that my season grade or MVP or something was wrong, and then we open it back up and we change it. But I'm the only one allowed to do that. These are my history books here. So that's what is up for tonight. Quick programming reminders, as referenced a moment ago, Battle for a New Champion. That starts tomorrow night, although it actually kind of started last week. If you did not get to watch the lawn special last Wednesday, you definitely want to. It is available right now on MTV.com. I believe you need a cable login of some sort to watch it there. It's also, if you're someone like me, I use YouTube TV. I still old school. I call it TiVoing, even though it's not TiVoing. It's, you know, just recording on YouTube. But if you're a YouTube TV person, maybe it recorded for you. If you were someone who records the challenge, there's ways to watch it. Go watch it. And otherwise, you're going to be a little confused going into the first quote unquote episode tomorrow night, but we will be here every Wednesday. Our season preview is up. If you haven't listened to that, tap in, do so before tomorrow. It's worth your time. And then tomorrow night, first episode airs. 
We will be throughout the entire season airing the podcast late Wednesday night after the episodes have aired themselves, with the exception of the very first two weeks, because I planned horribly and I have concerts each of the next two Wednesdays, which is odd that Wednesday concerts, I know, but two two artists that I have absolutely fallen for over the past year or so become real recent faves of mine. Shout out to Knox, shout out to Connor Price. Um, so I'm seeing some concerts both tomorrow night and the next week, that's weeks one and two of the show. That's a little tough, but one way or the other for this first one, you know, I'll come home. I'll watch the episode a few hours after it's actually aired. Maybe I'll podcast late into the wee morning hours. Maybe I'll get up first thing, but either way, sometime early Thursday morning, mid Thursday morning, that pod will be out. And then the rest of the season, it should be out late Wednesday night from then on survivor 45 coverage obviously continues as well. This week's looking like a Saturday or Sunday record for me and Tony. So look for that coming over the weekend. All right. As for today, USA two full season recap and awards. Here's the agenda. First things first, we're going to talk about the season as a whole, USA franchise as a whole, ask a couple questions, give answers to those questions. Then we're going to touch on a few of my favorite storylines or just favorite overall kind of still high level things worth remembering or discussing about the season. Then a quick run through of the cast. Would you have them back? Which season would you want them on or which franchise would you want them in? And then we'll hand out all the awards. We got best quote, confessional king or queen, moment, daily, elimination, and of course, season MVP at the end. So stick around for that. If you're ready, I'm ready. I'm going to do my best to, I mean, you know, we've already given what 14 episodes plus a preview. So we've already given this season, I don't know, between 15 and 20 hours worth of podcasting at this point or 14 to 18 ish hours at this point. So I will do my best to get through these and only hit the things that are of the utmost importance. Let's dive in USA Two full season recap and awards. Here we go. First up, we just got to talk the USA franchise in general. Does Challenge USA work? That's the first initial question. And I'll say this. I've said this. I've already had this argument a couple of times. I said I would kind of do the full-throated version of it on the season recap podcast, but I've already mostly done it, so I don't need to do the whole big, long thing again. If you accept that this is one, this is the best it can be, or this is a different version of it, and you accept what the best this version could be, and you accept that this is the future, and that you kind of, if you don't like it, and you're just like, I don't like new things, I don't want it, not on MTV, any of that, then you might just not be watching the challenge anymore. But if you can accept those things, they're like, yes, this is going to happen, and they're likely to do a lot of seasons, if not all of the seasons moving forward after maybe a season 40 on MTV to be Challenge USA, if you can accept that, then yes, it works. Um, they're finding a way to do it better. I think season two was much better than season one on a lot of fronts. Um, and I will also say, though, the one caveat to this, it's a really good thing I'm answering this now before season 39 has started. If you ask me in a couple of weeks, uh, given what I my expectation level for season 39 and how different and great I think it can be, maybe I would have a different feeling then. So check back in is what I'm saying. But Compared, you know, to like double agents, spies, lies, and allies, ride or dies, like the three most recent flagship seasons, like this is just as entertaining. This is just as working. There's some slight differences here or there. And this one certainly felt much more like those than USA one did because of the entrance of the vets, but accepting that this is CBS. 
So there's going to be less fighting and partying. Even there, there might be less of it going on, but even what little of that there is going on, they're going to show us even less of that happening than they would over on MTV, where they've already scaled back, obviously, on how much of that they are showing happening. They're going to be focused here on the strategy and on the quote unquote, we haven't ha entered this word into the challenge lexicon yet, but I think we're pretty damn close to doing it. But the scramble, the strategy and the scramble, the bread and butter of Survivor and Big Brother are the strategic, strategic game playing and the once someone is up for the block, once we know who's voting on who, the scramble that takes place and all the machinations that take place of who's actually going to go out. And the whole show of those shows is built on who's going to leave at the very end. The challenge was not always like that. That obviously was the format as someone left at the end was eliminated on every episode or multiple people every episode, but that wasn't always the point. And now more than ever in a CBS world, it is going to be the point of every episode. The story they're building each episode is going to be the person leaving and trying to misdirect us the same way they do on a Survivor or a Big Brother. So it's on CBS. And at this point, this is truly just, the to them, while this, it's been a sport forever, the challenge has been a quote-unquote sport for a long, long time and it's gotten more sporty by the season CBS feels, I feel like they're treating this as like, it's just the sport version of these three shows that we have. Big Brother, Survivor, The Challenge. Those are your th big three of reality competition series with respect to Amazing Race, which I love and is amazing. And I look forward, I'm get, actually getting ready with my wife to dive into the newest season and start being an Amazing Race watcher again. But I think it's kind of in its own category over there. I think these are the big three of this genre. And they look at CBS as The Challenge is just the sport version of these shows. They take Big Brother, they take Survivor, and they say, how can we make this an actual true sport, even more so than those ones might be a little bit of, and therefore Challenge USA. It also matters, though, that they treated this like a true challenge season this time, which made it work because the first time around USA one didn't work mostly because they didn't treat it very well. It felt like leftover scraps from the production heap that gave us USA one and was led to a lot of issues and what led to a lot of amazing cast members having no desire to ever come near a challenge season again. So they didn't do that this time. This season worked on a lot of levels for me and I think was a really good to great version of what the Challenge USA, a challenge on CBS could be. Of course, we could make it better though. And so I've got a couple quick suggestions. The one piece of inside info, I've shared this a couple times before sporadically over the last year and a half or so in different seasons, but I will share it here again. I one time, one single time came across happened to find my way into fall backwards into one juicy bit of inside info from as reliable of a source as is possible. Okay. And so I know this was real. I know this was just with hundred percent certainty. This was a thing. And that thing was that prior to USA one being announced prior to the world championship series and you know, the four spinoffs leading to the world championships being announced the first idea, the first iteration of what was going to be the challenge on CBS was going to be a season of Survivor versus Big Brother versus the Challenge MTV Vets versus Amazing Race. It was going to be four teams, people from each of those four shows, and they were going to be on the teams the whole time or assumed the whole time. And that's what it was going to be a battle of the shows, essentially. But 
on the home turf of the challenge folks playing the game, the challenge. And so that was what it was originally going to be. It didn't end up being that obviously, but I'd still like to see that first and foremost. I know we almost got it here. Basically in this season, we kind of by halfway through the season, you know, big brother was almost gone. Amazing race was gone. And it kind of felt like this was survivor versus, versus the challenge vets and a little bit big brother there, but big brother just got third in that race by a lot. But I want to see if they're going to incorporate MTV people into it. I would love challenge USA three to be a three team challenge survivor, big brother, those three verse each other, stay in the teams the whole time. Best show win. Just again, still playing obviously on the challengers turf in their game. So advantage them, but I would love to see that if you're not going to have MTV people for USA three, which I don't know that you should with 39 coming and with, I assume they'll do at least one more flagship and do a season 40. I don't know if you need MTV folks, full-time MTV folks over in CBS world for USA three. So if you don't, then I want a true survivor, big brother, amazing race, three teams, equal number, best show win mix of returning USA players and new, totally new players to the challenge world, especially like amazing race. There hasn't been that many cast members on USA one and two, but almost all of them seem like they would be willing to come back. So you could do it. You could have a half and half mix of returnees to the USA world, newcomers to the USA world. Those three shows versus each other. If I was in the room planning challenge USA three, I would go that route. And for that matter, I do think we will both have a challenge USA three. We will have one right away next year sometime. And I don't think we're having a world championships again anytime soon. I don't know that Australia or UK picked up enough for them to, you know, have any ins in world championships. Didn't, you know, win it back over in any way to get that. I think there's a world where we could see more and more folks from the world of reality television in Australia and in the UK coming back into the world of the challenge, maybe even via if you were on a survivor somewhere or a big brother somewhere, maybe you pop into the CBS challenge USA world, but I don't expect a world championship format anytime soon. If ever again, I don't really expect the spinoffs ever again. None of this is any inside source or anything like that. This is just truly me reading the tea leaves and you know, my, my read of the situation and opinions. So USA three go. If MTV vets are there, Go what you originally way back when we're going to do and do the four shows versus each other, or even just three, make it MTV challenge versus big brother versus survivor. Or if no MTV people involved, which I would be inclined to say, do that amazing race versus big brother versus survivor three teams the whole way through. I'll give my overall grade for the season here at this point. It might be a little early, but I'm going to do it here. And then we'll touch on some more of the storylines that build up, get a little bit more lower level, a little more granular. And then the final step after that will be the cast and the awards. So we'll give the season grade right here on a USA curve. Again, it's different over here on these CBS streets. It's a different format to some degree. It's just a different expectation level. On the USA curve, I give this season a B plus. I don't think it quite got into A territory. I think there's still a decent room for improvement to get into what I would consider a great challenge USA season, but it got as close as you could get without me being willing to give it that full-on stamp of greatness. Now, maybe when they're, you know, after we've watched Challenge USA 7, 8, 9, 10, whatever. 
maybe we come back and we're like, man, we had it so good. Maybe this wasn't a minus a season. I don't know, but I like to think there's room for improvement, but this was a very good season. I, it's exactly how I'd label it. Very good, which to me, a B plus means very good. So on the USA scale, that's what I say on the overall challenge scale. If I had to try to fit it in everywhere, I'm a bit rusty with that grading scale. It's been a minute since the rewatch series was going, but my best guess is that I would throw this maybe about a B minus. I would say moving over to the USA scale is worth about not quite a full letter grade, but two thirds. So I bump it up two, and this way, bump it down two from the B plus to a B minus. I still think just judged as a season of the challenge all across the board, this still had a lot of very interesting things, a lot of things worth watching, a lot of entertaining things, lots to love still, I think would have edged its way into the B category, but would ultimately, if we started putting it next to some of the other seasons in the B range, B plus B and B minus range of challenge seasons, we would probably end up bumping it near the bottom of that grouping and probably end up with a B minus things. I loved just a quick list. The cast members that made it far were mostly who I think was worth sticking around and led to the best possible entertainment. The longer they stayed, the single exception, I think Pauly was the big, big loss for the season early on. That is me subjectively, but also reading kind of reactions out there. And the, the interest was there. He's a polarizing figure to say the least and becoming, thankfully, it seems like becoming more and more of a beloved figure again in the world of the challenge. So Polly was the one big loss, but otherwise, as we commented throughout the season, each episode, I was like, okay, it was kind of that person's time to go home. The more interesting person for the show sake, for storyline sake, won that elimination. So we mostly got the best cast members we could at the end. Chris's run, obviously historic, obviously fun to watch. Obviously, we're going to talk more about it here in a few minutes. Wes's retirement, it got to me. I talked about it when it happened, but both the episode where he basically said he was going to retire, but then somehow beat Dusty. And we still don't know how in that elimination to the couple episodes later, we actually did lose and go home. That got to me that definitely, I, I, I loved it while it was extraordinarily bittersweet. These silly eliminations. I loved them. Some of you hated them. Some of you loved them. Almost no one fell in the middle. You kind of loved or hated. I fell on the love side. At least a few of the episodes we had the vets getting targeted for a little bit there. It kind of happened just a little bit, little tastes of, Hey, Tori, this won't be perfectly easy. Hey, bananas, this won't be perfectly easy for you. A little bit of it. Not a lot, but a, a little. A little bit is more than we've had recently. So it's something to celebrate. And it was limited, but we saw them having fun a couple of times. We saw them go to a bar. We saw them just doing silly stuff around the house. It was limited. It was for like 20 seconds each time. But again, comparatively, we didn't totally have that for uh, it's few and far between when that comes around. So celebrate it. We must when it does few other random, still high level, but slightly lower level here to get to the order of all of this makes no sense. And that's okay. It's my show. And I wrote notes and they didn't make sense. And I didn't try to figure out what way they would make sense. Here we are. Let's talk about the format really quickly. We kind of referenced it a few times before, but very specifically, it was as straightforward as this show is going to give us at this point. I will, I think so because we, it starts as teams and it stays teams long enough to then we knew it was going to go individual, which was, we knew it was because they said individual winners. You could probably much guess. So it was at least like straightforward and went from team to individual. And you know, that was the one big change. Yes. You could switch teams. Yes. The hopper made, you know, the element of the, the elimination a little different. So again, this was not some straightforward format, but we mostly knew 
from the beginning how things were going to go. So there's some solace in that. The interesting thing to point out, Bananas on his podcast did point out how much he thought him switching teams, him winning that first elimination that he did and switching teams after he beat Pauly changed the entire dynamic of the game and the eventual outcome of the game. And as much as it was him, you know, wanting to say how much he impacts the show and the game and everything, he was right, I think, because him switching onto the blue team and teaming up with Tori in particular and making that team really, really good and able to then win multiple elimin- or eliminations, multiple daily challenges after that. Prior to that, Corey and Fessy were kind of on the fence. They were willing to work with either side as were Cassidy and Chris on that team, kind of willing to work with either. And so there was still some pressure on the vets up until that point. And then he joins and they're able to win and him and Tori are rock solid. And now Fessy's wishy-washy self kind of in the middle is like, I could be over here with you if it's fine with me. And Chris and Cassidy, who were on the bottom of any survivor thing going on at any point, were also willing players to be with them and so suddenly the vets had power if the blue team could win and suddenly things turned and now we end up near the end of the show where it's like hey tori bananas Corey, fessy all make it to the final josh is one episode shy michelle's just shy and suddenly all the mtv folks are making it really far in this um so that really did i think changed the game of any of the team switching that changed the game the most i would say and I I'm always just someone, I, I don't love the, the team and partner switching. Uh, it worked the, you know, it worked gloriously on war of the worlds too. And otherwise I don't really think it's ever worked that well. It's caused some drama, like on double agents, it caused a lot of drama. And that was interesting. Big T, uh, big T and CT and CT and cam. All that was very interesting, but otherwise I don't think it ever works. I don't like the hopper. I don't think it should be chance for elimination. That's feedback I would add to my earlier feedback for the show. I just don't like the idea of any part of elimination being left up to chance. I get that it's, you know, it makes for a dramatic moment. And this is where I alluded to earlier, you know, they're trying to tell a story of who could possibly go home and make it a mystery. And it's kind of about that mystery each episode. Um, But I don't like there being any chance involved in who goes into elimination and then ultimately who goes home. I want the highest vote getter or the only vote getter or the last place person or the person chosen by the person already going in. I want a definitive answer of who's going in and someone definitively responsible for it, not able to skate by on like, oh, I did vote for you, but like you didn't get picked or you don't even know who the one vote for you was or anything like that. I So I don't like the hopper. Didn't love the hopper. I would take the algorithm from season one over the hopper. That's been an interesting discussion online. Would love to know your opinions, but I, I don't love either one of them necessarily, but I definitely go algorithm over Hopper if I have to choose. Last place went in. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. They got that right. That's that's good. Keep that in the format forevermore. Please and thank you. That should always be part of the format and no partners in the final. Thank you for that as well. If you could do that season after season, maybe we can get away from the, you know, It'll we'll probably never get away from it because even if they did 10 seasons in a row where there was no partners in the finals, they're still gonna sit there and think, well, ultimately, if the guys are facing the guys in the final and the girls are facing the girls in the final, then 
even if you haven't done it in a while, it's always going to be that incentive there that was in this season has been on a lot of the recent seasons of the guys want to keep the strongest girls around and the girls want to keep the strongest guys around. And therefore it ends up kind of being the biggest, best threats in the house, make it to a final. There's arguments for that being a good thing. There's arguments for that not being the most entertaining thing. Uh, certainly with, you know, people then being able to kind of skate their way to a final and just have this dominant alliance and dominant position in the house. I'm, I'm on no partners in the final and maybe hopefully it incentivizes folks to not be so concerned with making the deals like what bananas did this season where he's like, all right, Tori, I'm already with you, but like Michaela, Desi, Chanel, I'm down to work with you guys. Totally great. You're kicking butt. You're the best we got here. So like, I'm with you no matter what. I don't, you know, those deals have been happening a lot and I'm not a big fan of them. I think they do more harm than good to the entertainment value of the season. So I'm glad there was no partners in the final. I don't think it ultimately changes anything for the next season or two, but if it becomes a trend, maybe it can. The introduction of the vets was obviously a huge element of this season. And honestly, afterwards, looking back on it now, I think they had too many. I think they either needed less of the in-between people, the Michelle's, Polly, Fessel, Josh, Michaela's of the world that had been on CBS originally but had played the MTV version, or only maybe four instead of six of the... Like, either none of the in-between people and just six MTV people only coming in that would be totally on the outs and there, you know, anyone else would have relationships with the other people versus being in the middle, or... If you have some of those middle players, do I do think is interesting, which side would they pick? I think there should have been only four true MTV people. And I think it should have been bananas, West, John A and Tori. And, you know, if we actually got to recast completely, that should be Cara Maria, obviously, but, uh, if not recasting just out of the six, they gave us those four would be my pick. If I had to eliminate two of them. The MTV folks deserve the CBS shine a hundred percent. And I'm still very happy they got it. And I still, I think they picked five out of the six correct picks on that with Amanda being the only one that I'm like, there was just a lot of people on the female side that I think deserved and put in the time and like should have gotten that spot the way a la like I felt really good about Corey getting that spot because of just what he's put in and how many seasons and the entertainment value and the whole thing in the end though, I'm feeling this way because it just felt like after that banana switch early on in that little bit of time where we had some vets, you know, on the outs and we had bananas and Wes and John a and Tori were the biggest targets in the house. It turned in the back half of the season to like, yes, the secret garden Alliance was doing their thing, but also yes, the vet Alliance was kind of doing their thing and they all became one. And it was just, it felt a little too world championships, ride or dies, vacation Alliance elements, all of that in there. And so I think a few less either in the middle or straight up traditional MTV folks would have been good, but overall I'm glad they got their chance. I'm it mostly worked bringing them in and they made good choices who all made solid contributions. My favorite storylines of the season. Let's just run through. It is a top five in the end because I just happen to have five written down here, but this isn't an award and this isn't a ranking. These are just a quick reflection on things I really enjoyed, story arcs I really enjoyed this season. First one, Michaela, the game master. Michaela's season all the way through and that it wasn't 
that it wasn't just dominant the whole way through, that it became dominant by the end and that she had such a grip on the house and the game in general by the end, but that early on it was a step or two forward, but also a step or two back in the West Michaela dynamics and trying to run the green team and both being right in certain instances and wrong in an instance here or there where the other one could tell them they were wrong and they were right. That whole thing and just Michaela's evolution into by the end of the season damn, this chick is running this house. She's got the game in her palm and she knows exactly what to do at which time. Did I wish that she would have thrown Tori in those, one of those two times that she was thinking about it? Yes, that would have been more entertaining and a little more chaos. But ultimately, I think she just played a masterful game and I really enjoyed watching her blossom into the person we kind of all thought back on Spies, Lies, and Allies for one episode. We all, and especially those who had watched her Survivor season, was like, Dude, Michaela would be awesome on this show. I can't believe she was only there for one episode. I can't believe she got targeted because of some bullshit that she wrote some names on a piece of paper. And she exceeded all expectations, even though she had high expectations coming in. So that was one thing I loved. Second one, obviously, Chris's iconic run. Again, to recap, four elimination wins, two daily wins back against the wall. Many calls home to, you know, where we're like, oh, it's got to be his episode. We're getting the call home. The confessional cam i'm coming back moment the being on the bottom of the not having an alliance it wasn't that he was just being targeted by the same people it was that no one wanted to come and work with him no one wanted to be a part of his just incredible run all time all time stuff obviously that was an incredible storyline third one michelle just being in the mix i like well, obviously I like Michelle. If you've been listening to any of these episodes all season long, my favorite love Michelle, but I just, the reason I love her is because she's so good at just kind of being in the mix on these shows. She's kind of friends with everyone. She's kind of working with everyone, but she's on kind of on everyone else's bottom of everyone's list. She's suspected by everyone a little bit. There's going to be an argument. There maybe is going to be a romance. There's just, she's in the mix at all times and she's given good confessionals and she's just a fantastic cast member. And I, this was kind of my selfish addition to this favorite storyline list, but as someone who keeps saying, I love Michelle. She's my favorite. I think she's such a great cast member. I think she proved me mostly right in being a valuable cast member on all fronts yet again. Fourth storyline, we talked about it before, referenced it before. We don't have to get too deep into it, but Wes's retirement, again, I don't do this. I don't have to do the whole rant I did. It wasn't rant, monologue, whatever. I guess this whole entire podcast every week is a monologue, but you get what I'm saying. I talked about it when it happened, how much Wes and his, you know, originally real world Austin, but then just following him through the challenge, like lined up with my fandom and timing and everything else. And I got very emotional seeing him go out of the game and everything else. And I'm a big West stand always pretty much have been always, always will be for sure. So that storyline got to me in the fact that it didn't, it became not a one episode thing, but like a three, four episode arc definitely, definitely hit home. And then fifth and finally, I liked looking back Dusty fanboying over bananas in the challenge in general. I liked it. If we maybe, if he would have been around, if he would have actually beat Wes or they would have said he beat Wes because he might've beat Wes, who knows, then maybe it, it does get old. I know it got a little old for some people. I know some people out there thought it was a little creepy, a little too much, especially it being bananas of anyone <laughs> that he was fanboying over. But I thought it was amazing. I thought they edited it to make it look as silly as possible. And I enjoyed it as a super duper fan that would probably act very much like dusty. If I got in that house of like, I can't believe I'm playing this game. I can't believe I'm here for these moments between a Wes and a bananas, everything. I liked that a lot as well. 
Let's play Would You Have Them Back, all right? Quick run through the entire cast of Challenge USA 2. Would I have them back? If the answer is no, we just move on. If the answer is yes, I'll say which season. Not a lot of commentary on this because if I did, it would take hours just to get through this list. And we're trying to get through this list in minutes instead. So here we go. Ladies first, starting and going in order of elimination. Amira, don't need to see her again. John A., all-Stars only, please. I, I love John A to death, but I just think All-Stars is where she belongs and uh, dominates, and I want to see her keep dominating and keep keep being there, but All-Stars only for me. Amanda, flagship only. Uh, come on. Let's, Amanda's an MTV girl through and through. She, it was, she got to be on CBS. Cool. Amanda's an MTV girl. Let's be honest here. Alyssa Lopez, I still say yes. I know we've seen her twice. I know others have been lukewarm. I just think there's a, a maybe MTV only. I think there's I think there's a good challenge cast member in Alyssa Tiffany. No, but please keep podcasting about the show and just talking in general because you're fantastic and super duper entertaining. This just ain't the game for you. Alyssa Snyder, no. Michelle, every season ever, please and thank you. Cassidy, yes. USA or flagship. I'm down for either. Cassidy should be back. Tori, flagship only. Maybe another season off after 39, unless 40 is an all winners thing. And then of course she's got to obviously be there. Michaela. Yes. Anywhere and everywhere. Chanel maybe controversial, but no, I'm, I'm probably fine. Uh, ultimately she proved she's a very good competitor, but like, I'm, I don't, I'm not dying for a continuation of Chanel storyline and Desi. Yes. I think USA only because I don't think she needs to go over in the MTV world, but I do definitely want to see her back. I want to see the winners return for USA three. So that's the women on the men's side, Polly, please. And thank you, please, please, please give Polly another shot or two Luis USA only, but I do think he should come back. I do. I'm still annoyed that they didn't show us all three rounds of the pole wrestle this season for the men or the women. Uh, but I think he could be good. And we barely, we didn't even get to find out or even scratch the surface of if Z good or not good USA only dusty, same thing USA only again, I want an amazing race, stronger, amazing race contingent. I think both of them should come back to lead that Monty. No, I'm good. We've got enough big guys, uh, in the house and he doesn't really, He's just, he's, his, uh, profile is, you know, he's lower on the list for me than a Kells that I want to see back, um, than a Jonathan young that I want to see come into the game, et cetera, et cetera. So no on Monty, no on Sebastian. I'm good. Wes all-stars only or never again, or just on season 40, if it's all winners, but if he sticks to being retired, I'm good with it. He's, he's given us more than enough. He's, he's put in his time. Okay. Tyler. No, I'm good. Josh, surprisingly with the right cast around him, I would say yes. And I don't know if I mean that on USA or flagship, but I'm weirdly would say yes, but it, the right cast mix around him, please. Fessel always, obviously bananas season 40, if it's all winners or all stars, I think, I, I think, and it's not because he's not good at the show anymore. It's not because he couldn't win. It's not because he's entertaining, but like we've just had, we need to move on. And that's part of the excitement of season 39. So bananas, I love you to death. You're the goat. Do all-star seasons, do season 40, if it's all winners, and then maybe no more USA or flagship for you. Corey, this is an odd one. I think Corey should be on USA only. I think he's a USA guy. I know he's like MTV champion between challenge and teen mom, 
But like, I don't know. I I feel like he fit really well. And mostly I want Corey to win a season. And so like, I think he could win on the USA if there wasn't some of the vets around and maybe Chris doesn't show up or twist an ankle or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I would see, I would see Corey again anywhere is the real answer. And then Chris anywhere and everywhere, let this dude loose, let the beast out please. And thank you. Now for the awards, here we go. We've got the best quote up first and we've got one, two, three, four, five, six nominees here and got to say, said it throughout the season, not the best season for quotes and wit and humor and confessionals in general, which sometimes can be a good sign because you're relying more on things that are actually happening versus just quippy stuff and confessional to fill the void of entertainment. But there could have been more than there was this season. But there's still some nominees. Here we go. Chronological order. Michelle in episode one, quote, Josh, Polly, and Bananas have a history longer than a fucking CVS receipt. And quote, fantastic stuff from my fave Michelle. Tiffany, episode six. Bye, Dusty. Come on down. You're the next contender to get your ass kicked right out of this game. Bye. End quote. Loved that from her. Tiffany, always great in the confessional booth. Wes, episode seven, quote, we will do everything in our power to make it a girl day as long as you make it a girl night. End quote. That was to Tyler about, hey, you have to go make out with Alyssa and then we will make sure that she is the one in elimination and not you, which was funny on many levels and entertaining on many levels. Michaela, episode nine, quote, my skill is I see a couple steps ahead and see where the problems are and I try to resolve them before they happen. End quote mastermind in effect there. Wes, episode 10, I want to be in power. I want to fill my goblet to the brim with power. I want to chug it down and become drunk on power. End quote. It's so true. So true. We know that to be true about Wes. He's always honest, at least about himself. Episode 13, then Josh swearing on his dead grandfather, which I'm not going to directly quote because I don't want to swear on his dead grandfather, but he did that. And then he went against it like three seconds later in television time. So that that's got a, that's a memorable quote of the season. That's got to find its way in here to be nominee. But of all of those, I was torn. I didn't really know. None of them are true, true standouts. If this was a, all the winners went into a bracket for the best quote in the challenge history, this, whoever wins this one would probably not stand a chance first round exit in that situation. But I'm slightly biased, but I'm going to give it to my girl, Michelle. Uh, it's pretty amazing to come right out the gate early in the season, early in the first episode of the season with a quote of the season, but Josh, Polly, and Bananas have a history longer than a fucking CVS receipt. That's something we can all, you know, we can all, we get the reference, we get the analogy. It's funny. It's interesting. It's a reference to the game and life and on multiple levels, and it's really good. And some of the other folks that are up for this award may or may not be winning Awards down the line. So we spread the trophies out around here. Michelle, best quote of the season. Confessional king or queen goes right with it. The Dan Renzi, uh, I almost, I always almost say memorial. And I'm like, dude, Dan Renzi's not dead. And hopefully he never dies. I hope Dan Renzi lives to be 250 years old because he's the best. And I love him. And he's amazing and entertaining. Dan Renzi award for confessional king or queen in honor of the original confessional king, Dan Renzi himself. Four nominees for this, Tiffany, Wes, Michaela, and Michelle. I think those four gave us the most entertainment from the confessional booth. Some of them gave us the most confessionals too. I didn't have the final confessional count, but Wes was really high up there for only being in 10 episodes. He had more confessionals than half, I think, of the finalists that did it through 14 episodes. Um, Michaela had maybe the most in the end. Again, I didn't have the final, final count, but very close to the most of anyone across the whole season. And Michelle and Tiffany, while their times were a little shorter, still provided a lot of entertainment, really, really good. But of these four nominees, I've got to give it to Wes. 
He's just too good at this at this point. He knows he hands out his own, his, when he does his own recaps on his Patreon, he hands out this award every week. So he's even more than just being the 20, whatever season veteran that he is and the entertaining guy that he is and the smart talker and the humor that he has. He's, he's performing in the confessional booth and he performed well this season and we're giving him the confessional King award. Now to the best moment. This is a mixture of moments, some big and obvious, some super small, but I just made me smile and made me laugh. And when I went back through and looked at all the nominees for best moment of every single episode, they just really stood out as like, yes, they're small. They probably have no chance of actually winning this award, but they deserve a nomination. One quick little remembrance and reference here. So in order, your nominees, which there are nine of. Episode two, the first time we see Tori and Sebastian in bed together is while there's like five other people in the room that is four twin beds spushed really close together, all trying to sleep while the two of them just have a conversation deep into the night. And I just love the security cam footage of them being there and everyone else trying to sleep. I thought it was really funny. It's one of those smaller moments, but I liked it. And we had to at some point in this, because you might've noticed we didn't reference either of the two romances this season. Well, we referenced the third one, Dusty's for bananas, but otherwise, uh, I wasn't all that interested in Tyler and Alyssa and Tori and Sebastian just really wasn't. So this was the reference that they get second nominee episode four, Josh's truly chaotic nominations performance. If you remember back in episode four, his team finally gets a win and he just takes over that nominations and completely steers it in the direction he wants. He throws a fit. He's standing up. He's yelling. But ultimately, he gets the job done. He gets exactly what he wants because no one can stand being at the nominations table with him anymore. It's a virtuoso performance. It was amazing, amazing stuff from Josh. Episode five, third nominee, Michaela and Wes's nominations table turn. This was the second of the two times they sat at the table together. The first time around, Michaela put Wes in his place of like, mm, that's a good argument, but we're not doing anything you want to do. And this time around in episode five was when Wes got to calmly say, it's funny, Michaela, when I sat in the chair you're currently sitting in, I said almost the exact same thing that you're saying right now. And you said to me, no chance. And so I got to say to you, no chance. And I just loved their back and forth and they learning from each other the whole time and just how they played together and against each other. And so that moment stands out for sure. Fourth nominee, Bananas consoling Wes after they thought he had lost and therefore was retiring from the challenge to then find out he didn't in fact lose the challenge or the elimination to Dusty. That long moment, wild stuff, crazy stuff. Still can't believe that it happened. Next one, Wes and Desi, episode eight, announcing during the elimination that went on forever and that will be referenced again here in just a moment. That was a really funny little moment that I liked from both of them. Episode 10, Chris's confessional cam. Remember they had that little confessional cam. We still don't really know the purpose. They barely used it, but they used it a couple of times where there was just an extra camera set up in a room. You could go do your own little videotape confessionals. And in one of them, although it switched from the confessional cam to, I think another camera in the room, we get Chris. He's on the chopping block again. The emotions are hitting him really hard. A couple friends come visit him. They console him and then they leave. And then he's all alone. He's still got tears running down his face. He gets focused. He gets hyped up and he gives the, I'm coming back. I always come back. Oh, chills were had. It was amazing. And then obviously that moment was incredible in the moment. And then he wins the elimination that episode. But now looking back, that moment is insanely incredible and holy shit, like unbelievable. So that's gotta be nominated. Episode 11, 
Cassidy partying, Cassidy getting down, having a good time on the chopping block, going into elimination. She doesn't care. She knows us at home are dying to know, do you guys actually have fun in this house? And we're dying to see it when it happens because we do know what happens. But we actually got to see a brief 30-second glimpse of it in this episode. Cassidy was the life of that party. She gets the nominee here. Episode 13, Josh's complete and utter meltdown throughout the nominations, voting, elimination process, the whole thing. Wild stuff. Big-time moment for sure. And then episode 14, Desi and Chris individually nominated for their wins. The moment they each won was definitely a big, big moment and really wonderful and awesome and heartwarming moment. Those are all your nominees. But I got to give it to one out of those nine or 10, if you split Desi and Chris up. And of all of those moments, I think that the moment I will remember the most, the moment I think is the most iconic, the moment I think could win a round or two in the best moment in challenge history bracket that could ever be. If I think it's got to be Chris. I think it's got to be Chris's confessional cam that I'm coming back. I will always come back with a dead set face, tears streaming down the eyes. And then he actually does it and goes on the run that he goes on. That's going to probably be the first moment I think of with this season. Cause I'm going to think of Chris first and foremost, and that's probably going to be the defining moment of it. And it was just so wild and crazy and just incredible to look back on. So Chris gets the moment of the season. All right. Now best daily challenge and best elimination best daily first four nominees here. And I will quickly say about the dailies and the eliminations in general. They were amazing all season long with the single exception of the hall brawl at the end, which was a joke. And we talked about it then. We're not going to relitigate that, but otherwise amazing. And I said, I was going to do it on this podcast and I didn't. And I, at this point probably shouldn't even add it in because this is way longer than I wanted, but there were a lot of moments throughout the season. I kept saying they're doing little references. They're doing little things that make me think of old school challenge. And I appreciate the thought and effort that seems to be going into that to give those references. It can never be what it used to be, but there's little things here in the eliminations were the biggest one. They got a little goofy. They got a little wacky. They got totally toss up in the air. You don't know what you're going to get. You don't know who's going to win or what advantage any given person might have. And I loved them and I thought they were great. And the daily challenge is very similar as well. A bunch of them were super simple, straightforward, and just felt like they could have been on the gauntlet three or here on USA two. So I love the dailies and the eliminations across the board. And I loved all the other little nods to challenge of old, be it the telling us where you were actually doing within Croatia, the daily challenge at whether it was, you know, there's, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things. Okay. I'm not going to do the whole list. I just said, I wouldn't do it. And then I started to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to tell you the best daily challenge, the best elimination, best daily challenge nominees are episode twos working the polls. This was the one that truly could have come out of any season of the challenge ever in the early days. And I loved it. Three teams at once were crossing the polls hanging in the air. And it was just simply in two heats, four of your team members at a time, because there were still big teams in episode two get across, you swing on the poles, you could fight each other on the way, but it's very simple, straightforward, just felt very old school, simple over the water challenge, climb across, fight each other. If you fall in, you fall into the water. Most team across wins super straightforward takes TJ like 30 seconds to explain. And we're on loved it. Second nominee spell lunkers, man, <laughs> the puns and the wordplay and all that stuff are always, always great in the challenge world. Episode eight, there was a lot of shenanigans going on this one, but, and it was a super duper hard and legit challenge. This was the one they had to swim out, 
dive down to see the first code to then go oh, swim over, open the box, and then go into the cave and decipher the next code and come open the box. And there was a lot of shenanigans going on on who was helping who, but also it was just really hard. Swimming ocean water and diving down deep in the ocean water, getting into the cave, the whole thing, really hard, really good challenge. Third nominee, Go the Distance, episode 10. Michaela gets the win over the fear. This was the run and jump and grab the pole off of the edge of the platform. Again, super simple heights over water. You can explain it in 30 seconds. Fessy and Michaela get the win, but most notably, Michaela overcomes the fear, the tears, the emotion, everything to get the dominant win, that big, big jump at the end. Love that one. Fourth and final nominee, then Brain Squeeze, episode 12. This was in the castle. You had to go retrieve the bags, individual challenge. Michaela tricks bananas and the other vets into wasting some extra time, not being able to figure out the puzzle. And eventually Desi and Chris get the win. Chris first of two clutch daily challenge wins in a row. Michaela tricking folks. The castle was really cool. The design was cool. I loved it of those four. I'm making a last second switch up here. I was originally thinking I was going to give it to brain squeeze episode 12 and in the castle, but you know what? I've got to give it to episode two work in the polls. I just, it truly, truly feels to me that could have been on season one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and on and on and on. It could have been on any season of the challenge. And I love that. And I want to award that. So Episode two, work in the polls, best daily as for the best elimination of the season. One, two, three, four, five, six nominees here. Again, this is a mixture of how good was the daily, the game itself, how important was the result to the impact on the game, how tight of a matchup was it, how entertaining was it, the whole thing wrapped into this elimination of the year. First nominee, episode three, Bananas Beats Polly, Fire and Ice. They're standing on the ice block. They get to throw the things to start and stop the fire. It comes down to one final throw to either hit and switch the fire or miss and not switch the fire. Bananas gets the win over Polly. That was big time, super impactful, very entertaining. Episode five, Cassidy beats Alyssa in Blockheads. This was where they had to roll around in the cage to hit the different buttons. But then when you got to the last one, you had to be positioned in just the right way to put the flag over the screen and see the thing, whatever it had to do. It was very interesting. It was very entertaining. It was very hard. It was a very tight battle. First of Cassidy's three, four wins. However, many she ended up with there at the end. That gets dominated. Third nominee, episode six, Wes beats Dusty in Crankshafted. Again, are we sure Wes won? I guess so. I think Dusty said on Zach's pod uh, that, you know, it was legit or whatnot. But it was definitely a twist in the moment. Did not think that he won, and it was an interesting game and nice and simple, but wacky. Liked that one. Fourth nominee, Tyler beating Monty and Too Cool for Spool in episode eight. It was super duper long, an incredible, insane battle of endurance and attrition from those two. It's got to get nominated. Fifth one, Chris beats Wes and ripped off with respect to Cassidy beating Alyssa S in this as well. Chris beating Wes gets the nominee here because... He beat Wes in the fashion he beat him in, the out-of-nowhere bear claw. Now you're trapped. Now I got all 10 when you got nine and felt confident and had all the advantages. That one definitely nominated. And then final nominee, Chris again, beating Tyler in barrel tag in somewhat similar. It wasn't the, the gravitas of beating Wes, but it was still, holy cow, Tyler did that pretty fast. How is Chris going to do it faster? And then Chris just did it way faster. How did he do it that fast? That was insane. Those are your nominees, but the elimination of the season. It's got to be Chris beating West. That was definitely the most momentous, the most impactful. And it feels like Chris or Cassidy has to win the award, given how many times they won an elimination this season. So I give it to Chris beating West in ripped off. 
Then we've got two episodes, uh, two episodes, she's two awards left. We are going to do the season MVP, but before we do, I'm going to give a kind of new award. We've done best athletic performance before, and this is basically still what that is, but it's instead we're calling it just best performance. And it's not one single athletic achievement the way I'm trying to think of a winner. We gave Beth athletic performance once upon a time to land and smoking CT in the climb up the rope, you know, up just high into the sky. How far can you get? And he got, you know, way past CT of all people. You know, that was the type of thing we used to award this for this time. It's going to be who played the best game. Okay. So yes, it ultimately is like, are the two winners going to be two of the nominees and or winners of this award? Probably a lot of time, but this is my way of finding a way because season MVP isn't just who won the season. Oh, they're the MVP too. It's more of an entertainment award. So this is kind of more of a sport award, if you will. So the best performance, the five people in order five to one here that made the ballot and ended up in this position. Michaela comes in fifth, played a masterful game, won some daily challenges, performed really, really well all the way through this season. Honestly, arguably, you could put her up in second on this list even, but she's on it definitively. These top five were kind of definitive for me, and there was a big gap after them. So she's in fifth. You could argue she, she could be up as high as two. Fessel's in fourth. I know you're going to say the bias is here, but, you know, I haven't really talked about him at all in this podcast episode. So, you know, I'm not the buy. I can put the bias to the side. The guy on his team won tons of dailies. He individually won multiple dailies. And while, yes, he threw in Chris multiple times in a row and that eventually got him thrown in the last elimination, I think he ends up in that elimination anyways. And I think he and a lot of the others did do a really good job of playing the middle and playing both sides of this fence that they were offered by being the kind of people in the middle coming into the cast. So winning a lot of dailies, making it to a final, holding a good spot in the house. He makes the list. Tori. Basically the same reason as Fessel makes this a bunch of individual and team daily wins an elimination win early in the season to kind of assert herself. Yes. She got fourth in the final. That's not great, but she got to the final. She played a good strategic game the whole way through. She made deals the whole thing. So Michaela Fessel, Tori five, four and three, and then two and one. Yes. They are the two winners of the season, Desi and Chris, but it's also because they played incredible games. Chris wins the award for obvious reasons. We don't have to say it again, but we will. Four elimination wins, including one over Wes in super memorable fashion. Not that the others weren't memorable and impressive, but it still stands out because it's Wes in an elimination, and he retired afterwards. Four of those, two daily challenge wins in a row to avoid going into a fifth and or sixth elimination, and then a completely and utterly dominant finals performance where we've since found out he won by maybe 30-ish minutes or more, which, you know, the ATV aside isn't 30 minutes maybe. I mean, I know, I don't know, I'm still torn. On the last podcast, I said that maybe the ATV was that big of a difference, and the more I think about it, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. Either way, Chris dominated the season start to finish. He's the best performance. Desi comes in second for her dominant performance in the final and doing really, really well, even with the only the one individual daily win and the one or two team wins. She performed really well every single time. She won, you know, an overmatched pole wrestle with Amanda, but still won an elimination, won the final. She gets second. Chris gets first. Let's talk MVP now. Season MVP, as we just said a minute or two ago, it is more of an entertainment-based thing. 
it does obviously matter the doing well in the game because you got to be there to the end. You can't be in three out of 14 episodes and expect to win the MVP, even if you were the MVP of all three of those episodes. Part of this goes back to the MVP of every episode, which I rank five to one and I assign points for that. And then I add up the points afterwards. That isn't the guarantee then just wherever they fall in the points is where they're going to fall in the season MVP. There's more that goes into it than that. It gets even more scientific, but that definitely has an impact. It's a good judge, a good barometer for me to look back on. And with this season, there was kind of a pretty obvious top two for me in the end. And I had to think a little harder about how to fill in the rest of the ballot. There's a few people that maybe deserve honorable mention that aren't going to get it because we're already going to talk about five people here. So here it is. Challenge USA 2 season MVP 5-1 to one, filling in the ballot in fifth place. Got to give it to my girl Cassidy. Fantastic season all around. Being back against the wall, I think we saw, you know, that's very entertaining in its own. All the elimination wins, entertaining in its own. I do still remember, didn't her and Josh make out in the trailer? Is that something I'm now misremembering? Or is that just one of those things they showed us in the trailer and didn't show us in the season? I need some more confirmation of that. But she was having fun when they actually allowed us to see people having fun. She was one of the main ones doing that. She was talking her shit when given the opportunity. She was winning eliminations. She was very present the whole time. And it was a tough battle to see who that fifth spot belonged to, but I gave it to Cassidy in the end. In fourth, bias be damned, I'm giving it to Michelle. What I said earlier goes here again. She was just in the mix. She had a couple arguments. Um, I'm already confusing 39 in the first episode and her hooking up on that with this season. So there wasn't romantic element in this season, but she's in the mix. She's in all the alliances. She's in, you know, the scenes where someone has to go give Chris a hug. It's her usually being the one doing it. She was the most in the middle of all of the folks in the middle of the MTV side and the CBS side. She was in a couple of eliminations. She was in power a couple of times she was just very present. She was very good in the confessionals the whole time, had a lot of confessionals for what episode she ended up going out on the whole thing. You could say it's biased. You could say, I like her too much and just think she's really good as a cast member on the show. But I think she backed it up and I think she deserves her spot as the fourth most entertaining and MVP worthy person of this season. And then we get to the top three and third is Wes. I think Wes as usual, Wes has a knack for doing this. I would have to double check and look back, but the seasons Wes wins gets all the way to the end or even gets to the final of he's oftentimes on the back back of the MVP ballot, but he, I, I don't know that he's won. He's come close to winning seasons where he goes out earlier, where he burns a little brighter and doesn't makes it two thirds of the way, like a fresh me two scenario where I don't remember if I ended up giving him the MVP or not for that season. I should probably have pulled that up before I started this podcast, but, uh, he, you know, makes it two thirds of the way and is like, has a strong argument for it. I feel the same here. He had as dominant of a storyline as anyone in the house the whole season. He had very interesting political, social or political strategic stuff going on with the him and the Michaela stuff and, you know, switching teams and, you know, trying to lead the green team, but being kind of put in the corner is like, you're our asset as a vet, but you're not running this team as a vet. He had, you know, the emotional storyline stuff, calling home, the retirement, all of that. He performed really, really well. He won an elimination. He won some dailies. He traded teams, the whole thing. Great in confessionals, won the confessional king. So Wes, MVP performance, just didn't make it far enough into the season to actually secure winning the MVP of the season. 
beating him out in second place. He may have won best performance and he damn near won MVP too. Cause there is a scenario in the future where someone wins both, but Chris is second place. He was as entertaining as everyone, but one other person on this season to me between all of the wins between the whole, everything He's obviously a focal point of so many episodes. I, again, don't have the full confessional numbers, but he might've had the most on the entire season in the end. Um, and while you know a lot of them are narration types of things, they're still matter and they're still interesting. He's very much present in every episode. He's winning all this stuff. He has entertaining moments with his back against the wall. He had the biggest moment of the season that I just gave the award to. He performed the best. He had, he had everything. There were just was one person that beat him out. And that person, the MVP of the challenge USA two has to be Michaela. I think it has to be Michaela. I think this is a pretty definitive win for Michaela getting the MVP of this season. Now, again, we take, you know, Rome, there basically was very little romance on the season and it wasn't that interesting. So she, yeah, she didn't fill that category, but almost no one did. So doesn't lose any points in there on the strategic side, the political side of the game, Again, had the most compelling story in that portion of the show in game and kind of slowly but surely learning some different things, having some wins, having some losses, having this, you know, back and forth with Wes, ultimately by the end of the season, totally having this game in the palm of her hand. That was by far the most interesting strategic storyline of the season. She was great in the confessional booth. She was winning things. She was saying funny things. She was the focus and meant like, I, I need, should have pulled up again. The challenge stats has the wonderful, not just confessionals, but the mentions leaderboard of the season. She was very high on being talked about. Yeah. I think this season, yes. Ultimately looking back, first thing I think of is Chris in this iconic run in that one moment. But then the second thing I think of is the first, you know, Michaela, and that she was the most dominant personality of the season, character arc of the season, even to me above and beyond Chris's performance arc and where he will go down is how incredible he did in winning this season. So Chris was the best performer. He's the runner up in the MVP. I think the season MVP has to, has to, has to go to Michaela. And again, she exceeded any and all expectations. We thought she was a great challenge cast member. We thought we knew she had it in her. She was just made for this show. And it turns out we couldn't have been more right. And with that, the USA two is in the books. The history books are closed for the time being, at least until we revisit it sometime in the future, which we will ultimately do. It was a wonderful season. I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. And yeah, we've talked about it enough, so we'll end it right there. Come back, because season 39 is here, folks. Again, go watch the launch special if you haven't. If you haven't gotten on board, if you haven't got hyped, if you haven't set your expectations way too high, go ahead and do it, because I think it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited to break it down and watch it and talk about it with all of you. So USA is over. 39 has begun. We'll be back Thursday morning this week, most of the time Wednesday nights to recap that season. We've got survivor coverage rolling on. If you have any lasting thoughts, if you got it, think I got anything wrong on USA too, as always hit me up on Instagram at challenge historian DMS are open to chat challenge this season, 39, any season, any challenge related topic, any really anything, but challenge related. I'm definitely going to respond to thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making this the most listened to season ever of the challenge historian covering the USA two was the most listened to season we've ever had here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that. 
for all of you who have followed, subscribed, anything, left comments, left reviews, it means the world to me. Truly, truly, truly. Those are not just words coming out of my mouth. Those are real, true feelings that I have. So thank you. I love you. I will talk to you again soon. Peace.